You are listening to Time to Revive. This show is designed to help you get the confidence to share your faith in everyday life. The music in the background is Revival from Third Day. We're starting a new series, and we're going to be talking about spiritual opposition. And today, specifically, how to recognize spiritual opposition. So, Mark, let's talk about this. Let's get into some scripture and talk about what spiritual opposition really is and how we can recognize it. Yeah, well, the truth is, Angie, and to start off with, we all realize that there is good and evil in the world. So that, to me, just in itself is proof that there is spiritual opposition out there. And if you've been a Christian for one day or a hundred years, you've experienced spiritual opposition. Now, the key is, is recognizing it. And one of the things that we're going to look at, and, and today, what we need to do, and I'm telling you, no matter how long I've been saved, I need to be reminded of this a lot. Absolutely. And Ephesians 6.12 is where we're going to start with today as our backdrop for this. And Paul writes, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. And so every time that uh, people come at you, people come at you, people come at me, it is really what's behind them. And so when opposition comes and it just, you ever use the phrase, wow, that's pretty evil. That sounds pretty evil. Yeah. I mean, somebody comes at you and like, you know, they're cussing you out, whatever. And they're like, wow, that's, that's kind of evil. Yeah. It's because it's recognizing, not them. right. This is opposition that it's really, they're not necessarily attacking you. They're really attacking the Christ in you to keep that in mind, right? There is opposition going on. And, and yeah, it's back to what you said in the beginning. There is a reality that there is good and evil right. in this world. And good is always fighting off evil. Okay, if somebody's coming at me and attacking me verbally or however, right. I understand that there is some spiritual yeah. presence there. Otherwise, the person wouldn't be doing it, right? Because right. God is a God of peace. And if someone was filled with God, they wouldn't be coming after you. Uh, but let's talk about some of those situations that maybe aren't so obvious. Yeah. And sometimes there's opposition. Maybe like if I'm trying to make a decision about mm. something and I feel like, No matter what I do, every time I turn around, there's a door shut in front of me. Right. Because we also know that when God opens a door, he says, no man can shut it. And when God shuts a door, there's no man that can open it either. So that is an absolute absolute spiritual truth there, Angie. But it's not always so obvious, like you're saying. So what do we do in those times where it's not so obvious like that, like someone's coming at you and they're cussing you out, that kind of thing? Right. I'm not saying that they are possessed of Satan. But what I'm saying is Satan can use people. Yeah. And even in our example with Peter, we realize that Jesus said to Peter, get behind me, Satan. He wasn't calling Peter Satan. Exactly right. But he was being used of Satan in the things, and he said, you're not mindful of the things of God. So that alone sets the backdrop of, listen, there could be spiritual things happening even beyond our awareness. Mm. But not always, like you were saying here, Angie, not always is it just the devil behind every bad thing. But recognizing when it was what we want to talk about today, recognizing it for what it is. And 
on the flip side of that, recognizing it for what it isn't. I think so many times we give Satan too much credit. Right. <laughs> we definitely do. And so you ever you ever sat in a Bible study or a church service, maybe even you sit around talking about, and all of a sudden the conversation is kind of consumed about Satan and what he's doing. Hmm. And all of a sudden I'm I'm checked in, in my heart and I'm going, you know, I think we're giving Satan just a little bit too much credit. Too here, much right? airtime. Yeah, that's that. <laughs> it. That's it. And the fact is, is that he is our enemy and we are in opposition to him, but uh, we should not focus on him in mm. that we should focus on the victory, which takes me to the next piece of scripture that we want to make sure that we dive into today, because this is really, I think, where the rubber meets the road. And this is what is the practical side of what we want to teach people today. We want to teach people the difference, because as as I mentioned, I think even atheists would recognize there's good and there's bad in the world. Yes. Isn't there? Yes. And it's called good and it's called evil, right? There is that. It's You'd have to be pretty blind to not see that. But think about this for just a second. And this is John chapter 10 and verse 10. And it says, the thief comes except to steal and to kill and to destroy. But I, this is Jesus, red letters, I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. So there is the two flip sides. There's the good and evil piece, Mm -hmm. right? Laid out in one scripture verse, the devil comes to kill, steal, and destroy. And Jesus said, I've come to give you life and I want your life to be abundant. I want it to be blessed. We use that word blessed. We throw it around all the time, don't we? Hey, I'm blessed. What does that mean? Yeah. It means that God's got his finger on it or his hand on it, right? Yes. He's blessing it. He's in it. Everything that God touches, he blesses. And so I think that's what it is. So the difference is, and what we're laying out here practically is, what happens when Satan shows up? What is his goal? And then what is God's goal? God's mm. goal is for us to have life and more abundantly, to thrive or to flourish is the way I see it. Jesus said, I want to give you life. I want you to thrive. I want you to flourish. And the devil, here's the opposite side of that. What does he come? You have the life because know this, the devil cannot create anything. Yeah. He cannot create. He cannot do. He can only mimic, mock, or twist, right? right? right, right. And so here's life and more abundantly. And what the devil is trying to do is to come and take away from that life. Mm. How does he try to do it? Steal. He tries to kill it. He tries to steal from it. Yep. He, you see what I'm saying? Yes. And so it's all a twisting. It's all uh, trying to take away, destroy. That is absolutely uh, the opposite of life Yeah. is destroy. And that's the goal of Satan. So Angie, when we were talking a little bit ago about kind of discerning, like, how do I know if this is the Lord prompting me or if this roadblock that I've ran into is actually Satan Mm -hmm. trying to stop me as I proceed with God's purpose, or is this God closing a door? Yeah, exactly. How is that? Like, I need to discern that. Yeah, there's times when I've been wanting to move forward in something, and I feel like there's all this opposition, and I'm not sure if that's... God saying no to wait, or if that's Satan saying, oh, something's moving, I got to stop it. How do I know? Exactly. And so first of all, I would say that it boils down to this. It boils down to a heart issue. Check your heart. Here's what I'm saying. How many times have you ran into an obstacle? You set a goal 
It may be a godly goal. It may not be necessarily a godly goal, but you set a goal for something to achieve, and all of a sudden, an obstacle comes into your path. Right. Right? It's common. Yes. It's a it's a very common thing that we all deal with. So did you ever, like, get more motivated to get to that goal when an obstacle showed up? I guess I do push just a little to see right. if it's going to fold or if it's really going to stand. Yeah. That's how I do it. That's excellent. So in the context of this, what I do, and I used to I used to do this all the time, Angie, I used to try to kick doors open. If I wanted something and and there was an obstacle in my way and it was like a door closed, I would try to kick that door down. But what I've learned through walking with the Lord is I put my foot on the door and I give it a nudge. Hmm. If God opens that door, I can walk through that. I don't have to kick that door. He doesn't want us to yeah. do that. Right. And I think the difference is this, and I describe it like this, Angie, there's a difference between God's leading and Satan's driving or pushing. If I'm feeling driven or pushed, like I have to make a decision right now, I got to do this right now. I got to snap my fingers and this has to happen right now. That's being driven or manipulated or pushed. Mm. God, the scripture teaches us all over that he leads us. He draws us. Mm. So it's our heart going before us. Do you understand what I'm saying? I think it boils down to a heart issue. I really do. I think if we check our hearts and say, listen, is God drawing me to this? Is he leading me to this? Or am I feeling like I'm driven and I have to do this? Either or what? Either or God's going to be mad at me or I have to do this. To, to accomplish some goal, to get myself a plaque, or you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's all of those things. Like, what is the motivation? What is the heart behind it? Is God leading me, and he's opening the door, and, and when he opens the door, no man can shut it? Yeah, and I, I think that I've, I've heard stories like this before of people who have this, this amazing thing. It, it just starts to lay out in front of them, yeah. and then all of a sudden— there's an obstacle and then they're confused. Right. Like, wait a minute, these doors were all opening for me. So I know that in those situations, a time of resting in God yes. is important because then God will reveal whether that's a, you know, he's going to break that open. Yeah. Like you said, he'll break it open and continue forward or it's going to be a definite, like, here's where we stop. Right. I mean, so I think that resting, you said, checking your heart. I think that's, part of the rest. Like if, if an opposition comes up, you stop and pray. Right. And you pray about what am I supposed to learn? If, if it's you, it's going to happen. I mean, God really is in control. It's not up to us to make things happen. Right. And God is asking us to invite him in this journey. Yeah. Through that path, around the obstacles, over around the obstacles, or stop. Invite him into the journey. And that's what I was saying earlier. If you feel like driven and I got to make this decision right this second. Yeah, that's not right. You know, that might not be the Lord because he doesn't drive us like that. Yeah. He leads us. And so Mm -hmm. if you stop and take the time and invite him into the situation, Lord, there's an obstacle right here between me and the path that I believe that you're leading me down. So, Lord, I'm asking you once again. Remove this obstacle and help lead me down that path or shut the door and it's over. So I want to try to put this into context with John chapter 10, because I think this is exactly what we're talking about. Jesus describes himself as the good shepherd, and he also describes himself as the door. 
And so if Jesus is the door, we have to go through him completely all the way of the journey. So starting in verse 1 of John 10, Most assuredly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs in some other way, the same is a thief and a robber. And uh, that in context with John 10, 10, uh, talking about the thief. But he who enters in by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. Of course, we know that's Jesus. To him, the doorkeeper opens and the sheep hear his voice and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them and the sheep follow him for they know his voice. He's leading them. Mm. You see what I'm saying? He's, he's escorting them. He's not driving them. And so it says in verse 5, Yet they will by no means follow a stranger, but will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. Verse 6 says, Jesus used this illustration, but they did not understand the things that he spoke to them. In verse 7, then Jesus said to them, Most assuredly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. But I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved, and he will go in and out and find pasture. That, again, is that picture of life and more abundantly. Going in and out and finding pasture through the door, that is Christ. And I think he is the door, and he is the way that we should lead down Uh, as we're trying to follow him and walk that out, Angie. And everything that you said about leading, that really comes out through the scripture because it says it right there in verse four, when he brings them out, that they follow him. Yeah. And so knowing his voice, let's, let's talk about that really quickly. He talks a lot about the shepherd speaks, the sheep know his voice. They won't listen to the stranger because they don't know his voice. Right. How? Do we know the voice of God? How can we recognize that? If he is the door, if Jesus is the door, and the sheep by his voice are following him, and when the door opens, then he's saying to the sheep, it's safe. How do you recognize that? Because that's how you would know it's safe. He's opening the door. And so to me, by knowing the voice of the shepherd, that's how, and by knowing that more and more, like you said, stop and pray. Stop and pray. Get to know his voice. Get to listen from him. Get to hear from him. Is he opening that door or is some other stranger trying to lead you astray? Yeah. I mean, and you got to read the word in you order really to know his voice. You really do. How do you get to know him and get to know his voice? Read the word. Yeah. Because this word is living. It's active. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. And so that's how you get to know him by his nature. And that is described throughout this word. So we're not finished talking about spiritual opposition. And we'll probably talk a little bit more about how to recognize his voice and recognize what's the opposition and what's of God. But we have to stop for now. We're going to move over to our testimony. I am here with my great friend and brother in Christ, brother, pastor, Nate Wilcoxon. And today we are looking at digging this thing out, which we've been trying to unpack and we've been looking into for practical purposes and practical application for Christians who are having problems or trouble discerning necessarily. Like, how do I know if this is the Lord? How do I know if this is Satan tempting me? How do I know if God's shutting a door? How do I know if Satan is just trying to throw obstacles into my path? And we have called on the resident expert here, 
my brother, Nate. Nate, welcome to the show. Thanks, Mark, for having me, and uh, appreciate being here. Today, Nate, uh, as you heard me share, we really want to just provide some practical teaching and training and, and understanding for Christians everywhere, because this is a topic that really is not talked about a lot among Christian circles. Like, people don't walk up and go, hey, how you doing today on Sunday morning? And go, hey, how do I know if the devil's tempting me? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but it's something we all deal with every single day. It does. It crosses all of our minds, doesn't it? Yeah. At one point or another, people are praying all kinds of prayers, asking God for permission, asking God for open doors. Yeah. And all of a sudden, we don't really know, is God answering me? Is he showing me a sign? Like, right. I'm confused. But we want to touch on it today because it's real and it's raw. Right, Nate? That's correct. That is correct. Some of those questions that that pertain to that, you know, a lot of people, they might not have the answers to it. Right. One of the scriptures that I, that I thought of as I was sitting here comes out of Acts 16 and and it was the lady that was walking behind them, and Paul actually uh, turned around before he said anything. the The woman had said, "This is these are the men that serve the Most High God." And uh, well, and what she was saying was actually true. They do serve the Most High God. It's Jesus Christ and Him crucified. But Paul turned around and he actually rebuked that lady. So in that story, there had to be discernment. Paul had enough discernment to know between good and evil? Was he basically discerning what her motives were then? It could have been because there was men making money off of her. Um, oh. And, you know, and so they, once that, once that demon was actually cast out of her, those men were upset. They was no longer making money off of her. So in that story, you can actually see a little bit of truth and error, you know, in that, because what she said in verbatim, you know, they were serving the Most High God. But at the same time, um, she was doing things and saying things for the wrong reasons, and um, she was actually being pawned off and working for someone else. You know, and, and like I said earlier, when when we're looking at that, anything that comes up against Christ and it's the opposite of what Jesus would look like, there's only, like me and Mark's talk, there's, there's two teams. There's the A team, there's the B team. Yep. So we either on Jesus' team or we're on the devil's team. But sometimes they disguise themselves as angels of light. They they can, but eventually that'll come out. It will. You the Bible says that you will know them by their fruit. Now the fruit is either going to be good or it's not going to be good. And if it's bad, sometimes you know sometimes you don't need to look at the fruit, but we need to look at the tree. Mm. See if the tree's not good, then the fruit's never going to be good. So if, you, if you're consistently, you can have a person come to church every single Sunday and go straight to hell. Oh, that'll get someone's attention. Yeah. Okay? Because and until you are covered by the blood of Jesus, you have a, a, a relationship with Christ, and you've asked for forgiveness, and, and you've repented of your sin, you know, so somebody could come up in the church, and, and you're going to look at their fruit, look at their fruit, and keep looking at their fruit, and if their fruit continues to not look like good fruit, you have to start looking at the tree saying, is the tree even good? Okay. So I, I, I say it like this, and some people might not say this at all, might not even think it's our job to see it, but I believe that we're fruit inspectors. I look at Mark's fruit all the time. Angie, I'm going to look at your fruit. I expect you to look at mine, and I expect Mark to hold me accountable. And if Mark sees anything on my tree that's not looking like the fruit of Jesus, love, joy, peace, kindness, long-suffering, you know the fruit, nine attributes, and if they look different, then anything of that, Mark's going to go home and start scratching his head thinking, 
either Brother Nate had an off day or where is Brother Nate? Brother Nate, good. He comes and meets me again, and it looks like that. Then he's going to really start thinking, hey, everything all right? And he's going to start looking at that. Yeah. So I just look at it like, you know what? Anything that looks like the opposite of Jesus Christ is going to come against us as coming from the evil one. And it's either he there's the A team, Jesus team, B team, devil team. That's it. And they're and and we all know who owns the fence. So when you're facing a decision, let's just say this really practically. You're facing a decision, you don't know if you should walk forward, you don't know if this opposition coming up against you is something you should push through. Should we push against God or should we push because we think it might be the devil? I mean, how do you it's obvious to me when somebody comes up in front of you and they're saying something, you know, they can be saying things that aren't lining up with scripture. But when you're just on your own little path and you're making a decision or you're trying to move forward and move to the next level, how do you know whether it's God or if you've got an obstacle coming up against you? Brother Mark can jump into this and, and see if he agrees with this, but um, I believe that's the intimate walk with Christ and knowing the Word. The Word and the Spirit go hand in hand. They They're ne- one can't say one and the other say the other. You know, you have the sword and the Spirit. And and so someone's on their own little journey, and they don't, let's say they don't even have a church, they don't have nobody, and it's all new and fresh to them. You know, I would encourage them that they've got to know what the Word says. they got to know what that says. And, and, you know, and sometimes I would never force nothing I tell people all the time, if um, be still and know that I'm God. Okay, be still in that area. And I tell people not even come to me and I don't even really want to hear anything about any complaints about anything unless you've taken three days and prayed about something. And then when you prayed about it and you really sought God out for a word, then you react on it. Then you move out on it. And until then, you don't move, you don't push. Uh, you don't do anything. Because if you do that, if you're not careful, you'd be walking in the flesh and not even knowing it because you're wanting to do what you want to do and not what he wants you to do. He might have you exactly where he wants you. That's it. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and I, I'm reminded also like when the devil's talking to the Lord and he's like, have you considered my servant Job? Yeah. Have you considered him? Hmm. And so he had he had the keys to everything God yeah. did, didn't he? Yes, he did. But all of a sudden the devil came because he was trying to do what? Kill, steal, and destroy Job. And the Lord's like, have you tried him? <laughs> One of the things, Pastor Nate, that Mark was just talking about was that uh, we were in John 10 and that the sheep hear Jesus' voice. And it goes right back to what you were saying before. And that's what reminded me of that was we hear his voice, but the only way to know his voice is to have that deep relationship with him. That's right. And I think that people get taken aside. They get off track all the time because they don't really know the voice. And and to speak into that, just imagine this. All these sheep and individually the Holy Spirit, God speaks to those sheep. Like when the Holy Spirit speaks to you, I can't hear him speak to you. I can't hear him speak to Mark. That You know, we're, we, we're raised that you're to have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. It's so personal that when he speaks into your ear, I can't hear it. Your spouse can't hear it. Right. But you know but it's you him. Hear it. That's right. You know it's him. And and so that's why it's that ind- independent sheep, you know, he he knows his voice. And that is so. But then there's some people that I believe 
um, I don't know that they do know his voice, and, and but they, they're willing to, they're reading the word, and they're wanting to, to grow in their walk. And I have people ask me all the time, how do you know that's the Holy Spirit speaking right. to you? Okay, that's a legitimate question. And I tell them that as long as you're praying, seeking his face, and you're growing in that, and he's speaking to you, he's not going to, at least in my, in my walk, um, when he tells me to do something, he's going to keep telling me to do it. He will not let up on it. And he's going to keep bringing it and keep bringing it. And any time that I've, I used to be slow at reacting. Mm-hmm. And, and when he tells me, I do it. A lot of people struggle with that, you know, because they don't understand. They don't know. They have a bunch of what ifs. Well, forget the what ifs. Just trust him. The Bible says that he'll give you utterance when you know not what to say. Right. Right. So when you're going to go talk to someone, he's saying, go talk to that person. You have no idea what you're about to talk about. Well, you got 30 feet. He's going to give it to you. You know, so we have, again, it comes back to trusting him. And that to me is, is a powerful place is just trusting the Holy Spirit to lead, guide you into all truth. He's never let me down. He's never let Mark down. He's never let you down. And so he's never going to lead you in the wrong direction ever. But if Satan's wanting to, and he's disguised like you were talking about, I can about guarantee you he's going to take you down a road and you're going to be like, what just happened? Well, we walking in the flesh, and then we decide to do something, and it wasn't God. Anything that's contrary to the Word, if he's trying to do something and the Word says the exact opposite, we have to set back and be like, that's not of God. That's not of God. And so with that, the only way we can know that is if we know the Word. And if we're biblical illiterate, then we have even a bigger problem. So you have people going to church, and they're not in their Word. They, they don't even know how to get navigate through the word and so that's the importance of knowing what god's word says brother mark what second timothy three sixteen says you you know what that says and it's all scripture all scriptures god breathe it's it's there for correction uh, you're rebuking training up in yeah. writing righteousness and so with that i mean there it's all there for a reason so i think anything Anything that's disguised and it looks like it's trying to look good, but it's not good, it's going to eventually, it's going to be the opposite of what the good book says and what the fruit of the Spirit look like, period, period. And if this voice that is coming to you, in order for you to test the spirits we talked about, Angie, this voice coming to you, if it's coming at you to make you feel good or to build up your flesh, and 1 John 2, 16, for all that's in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And so if this voice is patting you on the back, making you look good, hey, this will make you look good. If it's for any self-motivation at all, it is, that's how you recognize that it's coming from the evil one. Because if it's calling you, like Pastor Nate shared, if it's calling you to go talk to somebody, it's not for your benefit, it's for theirs. The Holy Spirit will always lead you to be a servant of someone else, to go and serve someone else. And if it's for you, self-gratification in any of these other areas, it's probably the voice of the enemy trying to entice you away. Once again, Pastor Nate Wilcoxon, thank you for joining us today on the program. It has been an awesome pleasure to sit and chat with you. Just have conversation again and let our friends and listeners listen in. But you have been listening to Time to Revive. Thanks for listening to Time to Revive. This show has been brought to you by Shine FM and Revive Ohio.
More information about this program at ShineFMOhio.com. We're community-supported Shine FM.